Hello, good morning, good afternoon or good evening, whenever or wherever you are, whether that be on your way to work, during that quick cup of tea while the baby sleeps or relaxing in a hot bubble bath, I thank you for tuning in to Series 4 of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom. My name is Georgina Townsend and I am the acting editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine. You may have heard me before on some of our previous episodes where myself and our usual host and industrious leader, KBB editor Lindsay Blair, answer our readers' kitchen and bathroom dilemmas. I'm currently stepping in and keeping her seat warm while she's on maternity leave. So for series four, we've switched things up a bit and recorded the episodes in person in our office, each with two special guests who are experts in their field. I wanted our conversations to be more like informal chats that you can hopefully get lots of tips and advice from, while also joining us for a laugh along the way. We'll be chatting about anything and everything from kitchen worktops, storage dilemmas, X-rated wallpaper, to lost kitchen utensils, to design must-haves and must-nots. And trust me, you'll be surprised at what some of these experts can't stand including in their designs. For our first episode, we are kicking off this series discussing all the bathrooms of the house. From crazy coke rooms, practical family bathrooms, to super luxurious en-suites. So, where do you start with designing these spaces? What practical things do you need to know? From lighting, to tiles with slip rating, to achieving a really personal and unique look. Are they all basically the same thing, rooms with loos and basins, or should we design them with a completely different mindset? Let's find out, shall we? I caught up with interior designers Pia Palkinen from Pia Design and Amy Stoddart of Amy Rebecca Interiors. Not only have they both appeared on previous episodes of the podcast, unbeknown to me when I set this up, they're also former colleagues and great friends, which was perfect. But first, I was hoping I could ask you a very quick favour. As this is a new season, I'd love it if you could please tell your friends about us or your neighbours who are renovating or the people in the queue at Tesco's. Rate us, review us or tag us on social media and let us know your thoughts. Hello and welcome Amy and Pia. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. So today we're going to be talking about all of the bathrooms of the house from cloakrooms, en suites to family bathrooms. So let's start from the bottom up, cloakrooms, or maybe most people might know them as the downstairs loo. First off, tell me, what are yours like? Hands down, my favorite room in the house. My favorite room to design as well. No way. Yes, absolutely. Because your guests will use that bathroom and it's the room that you're not going to use. So it's the one where you can have the most fun and do something that's really wow. And because it's a lot of the time, it's one of the first impressions your guests will get of your house. Okay, so, so what's in yours? Um, well, I don't have a clock. <laughs> I've got one bathroom in my house. Oh, no. Well, that question is void for you then. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, tell me about your cloakroom. So my cloakroom is new. It's not finished yet. So as part of our renovation, we have put in a downstairs loo under the stairs. And um, so it's half ready, but what it's going to look like is really funky wallpaper. So I live in Walthamstow. William Morris is from Walthamstow. So I've chosen this amazing William Morris print wallpaper. I've got half height paneling. It's blue, a kind of light farum ball. I think I'm going to go for oval room blue. Wall lights. Yeah, super funky, super fun and just playful. So Pia, what's your dream cloakroom then? You haven't got one, but if you did have one, what would it look like? Probably similar to what Amy's just described. We have very similar taste. <laughs> you can tell we're good friends. I, I love a half-height panelling in a bathroom. I think especially in smaller rooms, it's nice to 
break things up and it just gives you another surface or design element to play with. So you can have the color below the paneling, you can have a wallpaper or a paint finish above. Um, and often I think cloakrooms being so small, you have to compromise on storage and you can't really get a vanity unit unless you've got a very generously sized cloakroom. Most people go for a wall hung basin. And my favorite that I've seen recently is actually from Lasso Stone. They do some really cool marble yeah. wall hung little cloakroom basins. They're so adorable. So that is what I would have if I did get to design a cloakroom for my own home. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day. One day. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be one day. So where do you start when designing one of these PAs? You've said that it's one of your favorite rooms to design, which is really surprising because they can be quite small. Well, I, I love designing for my clients and a big part of my design ethos is finding out what my clients love and what their personalities are and, and how to present their personality in such a small space. So that's where I normally start. You know, what's something that would really reflect my client's personality in a fun way that gives their guests a flavor of who they are as a person. I did one recently. It was a little bit of a naughty one, actually. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> we picked a wallpaper that had quite abstract illustrations of people doing some slightly naughty things. But it's <laughs> one of those really interesting wallpapers that when you first look at it, you're like, oh, it's very pretty. It's only when one you're once you're really like looking at it more closely, you're like, oh, hang on a minute, what is happening here? Are we talking um, X-rated or like, a little illegal? Bit, a little bit X-rated. <laughs> yeah. I want to see it now. <laughs> it, it's from uh, London Art, so have a look. Ah, it's very cool. Um, and it was just one of those where it, it really presented the personality of my client, and I can imagine their guests going in there and being just kind of washing their hands and being like oh, hang on a minute, and doing a double take and then seeing what's going on. And it could be a real talking point at a dinner party, for example. You come back from the loo and you're like, I've just seen your cloakroom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. Amy, how about you? Where do you start when you're designing a cloakroom? Yeah, kind of similar to Pia, to be honest. Get to know my client, what they want from that space. I'm doing a really fun one at the moment, which I'm so excited for. The cloakroom was kind of in the hallway before you get to the garden, my client loved gardening. It was really important for her as she walked into the property to see the garden right at the end. And the cloakroom was that halfway point between the front door and the back door. So I really wanted to integrate the garden theme into that space. So we've gone for this really, really funky House of Hackney, bright pink, green, orange floral wallpaper and then green panelling and actually Pia Alasso Stone Marble Basin, oh, which I'm oh, really excited for. So I will show you the pictures once it's done. Brilliant. So once you've got to know the personality and you can have more fun with the cloakroom, what about the more practical side? What do you need to think about? Sure. So I think it's important to always consider a backsplash behind the sink. Quite often my clients have small children and they actually use the cloakroom as like a brushing teeth station before they go to bed. So it definitely needs to tick the kind of waterproof boxes. Obviously they are small. So should you go for smaller basins, smaller WCs? Is there such a thing? There is a compact loo, which is just a little bit of a short projection. That's definitely a good idea for a cloakroom. Same like we've mentioned with basins, you've got to think about how much space you've got to get into the room and actually maneuver yourself around to wash your hands and so on. So a smaller basin is a good idea. And the other thing is, although you probably don't need as much storage in a cloakroom as a regular bathroom or family bathroom, it is good to have some storage to hide away your extra loo rolls, for example, or other regular things that you need in a loo. So good place to add extra storage is actually if you go for a wall hung toilet and you have a toilet frame. And the space above that is normally just empty. So you can box that in 
and create a recessed cupboard. And that's great for hiding away loo rolls and other things. Yeah, the best hack. Best hack. <laughs> Is there such a thing as a too crazy cloakroom? Never. <laughs> Never. You can't go too wild, can you? No, neon lights. I want it all. Disco ball. Just keep layering. <laughs> keep adding. Why compromise? Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to come to your cloakroom. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't asked you what yours looks like. Okay, so my cloakroom has got black and gold pineapple wallpaper. <gasps> Love. On the ceiling, it's a herringbone pattern black and gold paint. The splashback is antiqued mirror tiles. And the rest of the space is painting, uh, painted in Farrenbull's railings. So it's dark, Lovely. moody and lots Love of sort of that. gold. And do you know what? The one thing I let my husband buy in the entire house renovation <laughs> was the loo roll holder oh for this. That's special. It's bright gold and it looks like a tap. It's <laughs> honestly... I love it, but I hate it as well. And do you know what? I've spent so much time picking my colours and my wallpaper. Do you know what people comment on when they go to the cloakroom? The loo roll holder that looks like a tap. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to see this. <laughs> oh my goodness. And um, he's very proud of it. Oh, bless him. I'm glad you mentioned the ceiling, actually, because it is the fifth wall, as we know. But in cloakrooms, especially, because you're so limited on space, it's such a good use of of a surface to do something cool with so that's really nice that you've done something with the ceiling as oh, well oh yeah but it's too hard to take a picture of I try all the time oh completely it's so hard isn't it yeah so it's, it's such a shame it. I feel like I've done all that effort and I can't get a good picture of it <laughs> it's like it doesn't exist <laughs> so okay so that's the cloakroom let's move on up the stairs and talk about the family bathroom or main bathroom so obviously this is a very practical space very different to the cloakroom, although it kind of has the same things in it, if we, you know, think about it, toilet, basin, taps. So where do we start when planning a family slash main bathroom? Um, Yeah, so I think we have to look at the usability and the practicality of whether or not they want to have a bath or a shower, space around, um, because if the kids are kind of playing in there or splashing around with their toys, you want it to be nice and spacious. Storage is such an important thing. Um, I had a project recently and we actually built some storage into the baths around which was then next to the WC. So the kids could kind of store their books and things like that in that kind of alcove when they're on the toilet, which was sweet. Um, And yeah, just making sure everything is durable and easy to wipe down. How about you, Pia? Any other tips for a family main bathroom? Where would you start? Oh, I think you've covered all the basics there (laughs) definitely really well. I guess the other thing is things like slip ratings and tiles, especially kids' bathrooms, if they get out of the bath with wet feet, you don't want any accidents. So good slip ratings in R9, R10 or even R11. And if you've got space, I always think for a family bathroom, it is nice to have a separate shower and a bath. But if space is more limited, then you can go for a bath shower. This brings me actually onto my favourite question. What are you, team bath or team shower? I'm team shower personally. Bath all day long. Let's discuss. (laughs) So team shower. Are you against baths? Or? I'm not against baths. No, definitely. I would love to have a bath. But if I had, if I could only choose one, I would choose a shower. Personally, I'm more of a sort of quick in and out, have a quick shower. And then off I go on my day. I don't find that I have that much time for the luxury of like a, a proper bath. 
Um, but maybe if I did have a bath in my house, maybe that would change. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, about well, well, you? Why yeah. are you team bath? I guess that's a fair point. I probably do shower more regularly, but if I had a choice, it would be bath just because it just feels so relaxing. It's luxurious. It's a treat. You can light candles. You can have a glass of wine, read a book, watch Netflix. <laughs> it just gets me excited. A shower doesn't get me excited. It just feels quite mundane. It's like a chore. Yeah. Exactly. See? Boring. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Me and um, editor Lindsay, we always have this discussion, team shower, team bath. I yeah. am team bath. She Yay. is team shower. But more to the point that I don't think she can stand baths. So uh, whereas I agree, I think a shower is obviously very practical. You need a shower. 100%. But I would cry my eyes out if I didn't have my regular bath. 100%. Okay. So that's talking about what what's in the actual space, baths, showers, storage. So Pia, you've actually um, had a bathroom in one of our magazines before. It was a very beautiful bathroom. And you told us that you designed, when you designed it, you made a concept board in the early stages. Is this something that people can do at home? Can you tell us a bit more about it, about this process? Sure. Whenever we design any space, we start with a concept. And it's just such a good way to, to very quickly visualize what we see the vision for the room and make sure that our clients agree and we're all aligned on the direction of the design before we start drawing anything um, or choosing any any specific materials, tiles or taps or anything. Um, and it's definitely something that people can do themselves at home. We always recommend starting with, for example, just make a Pinterest board and just save lots of images of bathrooms that, that you really like. And then you can start narrowing that down to maybe selection of three or four images that collectively represent your vision for your space. It's definitely something that you can do at home yourself. So if someone's redoing their bathroom, let's say they're updating the space that they already have, whether they've got a dual wrapper or they've had the same bathroom for 15 years, let's say, what are the practical considerations when redoing your bathroom? For example, how important is the existing piping? Yeah, it's really important. So if you're looking to save costs, especially, you want to kind of keep everything where it is already, because that is a big part of where um, your budget disappears is the installation costs. So thinking about um, keeping the same layout is great. If you can't keep the same layout, then you have to consider whether or not in the new layout you can have the soil pipe in the location that you want to have it. Soil pipes are quite big. I think they're 150 mil. Um, so kind of getting that out of the bathroom to wherever you need it to be outside of the house is is a challenge in itself. So, yeah, the location of the toilet is a big one. And actually, Pia, in this bathroom that we that we featured, the pipes were a problem for you and you had to change the original layout around. Can you is that something that you come across quite often? Yeah, that is something that happens every so often. So we had a conversation with a contractor at the start of the project. Um, we had suggested to move the toilet to another wall. Um, we checked it. It didn't seem like such a long span. But actually, when the contractor got in there, stripped the bathroom, lifted the floorboards, it was the direction of the joist that was causing us an issue. And like Amy said, the soil pipe is actually quite a, a big diameter. So it, it was just too big for us to cut through all of those joists. It would have compromised the structural integrity of the joist. So we decided just to very quickly rejig things around. We redrew the bathroom and kept the toilet where it was originally and then just moved the bath to under a window. And in hindsight, it was one of those happy accident things where actually having the bath under the window is a really nice feature. If the kids are in the bath, they can open the window and get a nice breeze in the summer and, and, and it just worked out really well. 
So thinking about pipes is one of the main things in a bathroom. And we've spoken about storage and practical things like slip rating, things like that. But can you have a glamorous family bathroom? Does such a thing exist? Yeah, absolutely. Regardless of which bathroom I'm designing, I try and think of those those same considerations anyway. So practicality, position of soil pipes, what sort of tiles we use. Um, so it doesn't really, on that front, compromise the look of a bathroom for me. What makes a bathroom glamorous is the choice of materiality and the colours. And there's so many options now, like porcelain tiles that come with slip ratings that really have a, a beautiful look about them or mimic the look of marble tiles, for example. Um, so I don't think you have to compromise on the aesthetics just because you're considering all of those those functional aspects that that you need to consider when designing a bathroom. How can you make your family bathroom glamorous? Tidying all the kids' toys away um, would be a great way to make it look more glamorous, so hidden storage. Um, I learned a great trick, actually. I've, I've not done it yet, but I've seen it done, and I'm, I need to do it in my next bathroom. There was a wall and three pictures on this wall, and behind each picture was a hidden cabinet. And so I love that idea. So kind of neat ways like that, just to tidy away the rubber ducks. <laughs> <laughs> that is my problem at the moment. I have about 12 Disney princesses <laughs> lining the edge of my bath. So yes. Less glamorous. <laughs> yeah, it's not too glamorous <laughs> at the moment. Okay, so that brings me nicely onto en suites, which to me, these rooms should have a really different feel to a family bathroom. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think with en suites, it's not a standalone room, is it? It's a room linked to usually a bedroom. Um, so when I design an en suite, I like to consider what I've done with the design of the bedroom and create something that feels cohesive. So it feels like a suite as opposed to just a, a bathroom on its own. So yeah. what do you have to think about when you're doing an en suite? Oh, I guess you've got a few different en-suites, haven't you? You've kind of got like the main bedroom en-suite potentially and then you've got the guest bedroom en-suite. So I think you tackle them slightly differently. So in a guest bedroom en-suite, I like to give that relaxing, chilled out vibe. Maybe the parents will be staying over and um, they just want it to feel almost like a hotel, quite relaxing. Um, and then the main en-suite, I think you can be a bit funkier with, maybe looking at different ways to make it feel less like a bathroom um whether that's the entrance going through the wardrobes a walk-in wardrobe perhaps or adding in things like pendants wall lights um round mirrors just to kind of soften the space and make the whole kind of suite feel like one like Pia said cohesive so when I talk to homeowners often they say to me how they want the space just for them it, it's where they can be themselves. It's where they start their day. It's where they end their day. They don't have to be mummy and daddy there. They can really sort of feel like they're in a luxury hotel, like you said, or just somewhere where they can escape. So how is that different to a family bathroom? Is it just style or is there something else that makes it different? It's definitely a Disney princess free zone, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, it I guess in a sense it is, it's like we said, with all of our clients, we like to ask what really makes them tick and what do they want out of the space. And, and often the main ensuite is more of a sort of spa-like zone and does tend to be the biggest bathroom in the house as well. So if, if we do have a bit more space to play with, then if I can, when I'm designing a main ensuite, I try and get in a separate shower 
and a bath. And I think that just adds to the glamour as well. So you kind of have your quick routine, morning shower, and off you go for your day. But there's also that opportunity to then have a really luxurious bath with your spa candles and, and really chill out and and have that space to yourself. I think something we've not touched on yet as well is steam rooms. So Ooh. that's quite a luxurious oh, thing yeah, that tends sure. to be in, in the kind of main ensuite, which is quite that luxury vibe. Tell me more. How do I have a steam room? <laughs> so steam rooms, there's quite a few things to consider. You need to have a totally enclosed shower space. So the door um, closes on the enclosure the ceiling needs to be sloped so that you don't have any dripping and you can buy specialist steam generators quite a few on the market now so you need to be able to hide the generator which is quite bulky somewhere in the room or the room next to you so you need to have lots of space and yeah then a bench in there or something and team shower over here oh yeah (laughs) sure I love a steam shower, but you can, if you don't have the space to fit the steam generator anyway, you can also get showers with jets, um, which is something I love. So just body jets all along the wall, very luxurious. Yeah. Dornbracht are good at that. Yeah. Dornbracht, one of my go-tos. Fabulous. I've been seeing some shower heads at the market that have got some really interesting functions. So for example, they've got intense rainfall mm. and waterfall and <laughs> chromotherapy Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, the amount of sort of different settings you can have in a shower head now are incredible. Yeah, there's too many almost. I just want to press one button and go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The joys of a bath. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Are there any bathroom trends at the moment that you are seeing? So I personally really like to add in where possible vintage or reclaimed elements So I think a really interesting piece could be a vanity that is reclaimed or vintage, um, just kind of mixing materials in the space and also lends itself to being slightly more sustainable. Um, So not everything has to be brand spanking new. Yeah, I love a reclaimed vanity. I mean, we generally try and design sustainable interiors. It's our philosophy. And the other thing that I've noticed is quite a big trend at the moment is things like terracotta and earth tones and greenery in bathrooms, which I love, absolutely love that look. Using statement stones or colourful ceramics, I've seen a lot of at the moment. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of choice. But bathrooms are really fun at the moment, aren't they? They are. I was going to say that. Everyone's going a bit bolder and a bit funky. Why do you think that is? Braver, I think. Everyone's just being a bit braver. Maybe we're bored of like the standard and we just want to push things push, a bit yeah, further. Yeah, push the yeah. boat out a bit. Another thing I've been seeing is curves. Everyone loves a curve. Yeah. I'm here for the curves. Yeah, definitely curves and arches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, arches. Something that someone um, told me recently is that they wanted a bathroom that didn't look like a bathroom. Now, that's something that's been saying t- said to me for ages in kitchens. I want a non-kitcheny kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I don't know if you agree, but I think that's coming into bathrooms now as well. People are bringing in rugs and wallpaper yeah. and pictures and all sorts of things like that to make their bathroom more like a living space do you would you agree have you seen that as well yeah 100 percent. I get asked for that too and kind of adding in window treatments to just add those layers and soften the bathroom that's normally quite clinical um other ways to do that is adding in wall colors not tiling the whole space um and a point I touched on earlier is that kind of integration with the main bedroom and the walk-in wardrobe and kind of it all feeling like one space rather than separate spaces Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned window treatments, actually. 
that used to be one of my bugbears is nobody ever wants any window treatments in their bathroom, but some bathrooms are overlooked. And sometimes you do just want that little bit of softening. And if you just have like a Roman blind or uh, even a roller blind in your own fabric, I think it just adds so much texture and materiality and softness to a room. Tell me, what do you think about wallpaper in a bathroom? Yay or nay? It's a yay for me. We've done it a lot. As long as you seal it properly, you obviously have to think about the the practicality of it and, and water in a bathroom. But as long as you seal it, it's absolutely hard wearing enough and really helps to create that look of a bathroom that isn't just a bathroom, that it has a bit more to it. And it's more of a, a fun, livable space as well. Yeah, I would agree. And I think you can also get, if the client is slightly concerned, you could get like a vinyl wallpaper. Do you have any nays for a bathroom? The uh, porcelain wood effect. is <laughs> 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 nodding. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with the porcelain effect wood, wood tiles. Yes, in a way for bathrooms, if you really want that wooden look, if someone really insisted, I think I would view them more towards the porcelain wood effect than an actual engineered yeah. wooden floor. I think the water ingress in that is just too risky. But I agree, it's materials that... Mi- pretend to be something they're not it's always a bit of a it's a question mark on how well it will age both in terms of um the aesthetic of it and in terms of I don't want to trending is the wrong word but but if you choose something that's really timeless like natural materials have a timeless quality about them and they seem to get better with age whereas something that's pretending to be (laughs) (laughs) pretending to look like something it's not I don't know it's always a question mark how long will it really uh last and how will it age so in terms of nays, I think my husband has a very clear nay, which is the fact that I picked exposed brassware for our bathroom because I wanted that kind of Victorian industrial look. And whereas I love it, he gets in the shower every day and I always hear a murmur, watermarks and lime scale and everything. And I have to agree with him, to be fair, it is a hassle to clean. So I think that would be his personal nay. So if a homeowner says to you, oh, I want X, Y, Z, like would affect porcelain tiles, are there any others that you might say, oh, maybe steer clear of this or that? Or I've had one. It keeps coming up, actually, which I'm really surprised about, which is gloss floor tiles in a bathroom. And somebody asked for them in a kid's bathroom. And I'm, I'm normally very easygoing, I think, because it's, it's not my house. It's somebody else's house. I'm there to guide and advise on the look. But that's something that I feel quite strongly about in terms of the practicality. So I would really advise against using gloss floor tiles just because of the the risk of slipping. So it would be a shame to design a beautiful bathroom and then it just doesn't work or you end up having to put bath towels all over the floor just to just to be able to get in and out of the bath safely. Did they listen? Did they appreciate your advice? They did not. Oh, no. the gloss tiles. So, but I, I haven't heard of any accidents happening. So, so hopefully they've all been safe. <laughs> Amy anything for you yeah so I think sometimes clients try to squeeze too much into a small space and you just kind of have to be there to advise them that actually that won't fit and we are lucky that we can import everything into CAD and draw it all to scale and perhaps that when they visualized it or sketched it out it's bigger than they think it is um so yeah I think space planning is a big one to just advise them so nay on putting too much into a small space that's correct yes <laughs> thank you for the wording yeah <laughs> so any final advice whether it's a cloakroom family bathroom or an ensuite would you give to homeowners looking to redo a bathroom right now 
I think take time planning it. So we touched on the mood board before, if they're doing that themselves, plan exactly what they want, what products they're going to use, sketch it out beforehand, make sure that everything's lining up. And if you are using large format porcelain tiles, you might want to walk in on a full one. So kind of getting those grout lines correct, planning in your niches beforehand and Budgets just really nail your budget before you go into the renovation because things like installation costs are quite crazy at the moment. So just be really aware of that. Yeah, definitely. Everything Amy said. And then my other tip would be just design for longevity because it is one of those rooms, like Amy said, the installation costs are really expensive. I would not compromise on quality in the bathroom, in particular your tapware, um, because there are there are branded products that are very good and they come with good guarantees. If you slip a little bit below that that range of products that comes with guarantees and go for the various entry-level products in the market, they don't tend to last that long. And within a few years, you're going to have to be replacing taps that have worn to the point where the, the finish is coming off them or or they fall apart and they just don't function. And, and it's such a shame when you spent all this time and, and energy and effort planning a beautiful space to then have to replace things so soon after so design design for the long term choose quality very good advice thank you both for joining me and i will see you again soon thank you for having us so that's it i loved that chat a big thank you to amy and pia for giving such great advice i'm absolutely desperate to see some of these designs that they have mentioned we'll share their websites on our description so you can check out more of their work they will be back in a few episodes time but before then if you liked what you heard please remember to subscribe rate and review us and please recommend us to friends and family and i will see you next week for another episode.